If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Judges chapter 9. I want to talk to you about that man, Jesus, this morning. Out of Judges. Amen. Pretty good. Judges chapter 9. Amen. Judges chapter 9, verse number 46. I'll just read a couple of verses, then we'll get into the message. And when all the men of the tower of Shechem heard that they had entered into a hold of the house of the god Berah, and it was told to Abimelech that all the men of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. And Abimelech got him up to Mount Zalman, he and all the people that were with him. And Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bough from the trees and took it and laid it on his shoulder and said unto the people that were with him, what you have seen me do, do make haste and do as I have done. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your words this morning. Lord, we just ask for each one's here. Open our hearts and we'll see the message that we stand in need of, Lord. It is that name of Jesus, Lord, that we need to hear often in our lives, Father. Empty myself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Here in Judges, we, we find the very first king Israel tried to appoint as the king. It doesn't last too long. His rulership is over very quickly. The first king that God gives uh, Israel is found in 1 Samuel. His name was Saul. But the first king that Israel tried to anoint and appoint is the man Abimelech. He is found in Judges. Here in Judges chapter 9, he is in a war with those that do not want him to rule and reign over them. Amen. Immediately when he starts to assert his power and authority of the throne, there is a pushback of those that do not want to be under his rulership, under his reign. A war breaks out between them and one group of following the king and the other one said that we do not want this man to reign over us. Here, here we find this is a, the first great war with the men of Shechem. The king is going to devise a way uh, to get victory. Here we find all the enemies of the kings are running in a stronghold themselves in a tight uh, place and they think they're safe. They think that uh, nothing get to them. They think they're in a good place. They think they're in a place of safety. And all the eyes are on the king looking at him, watching him. How's he going to give us victory? How is he going to win this war? I imagine in their minds following a king like this, they say, there's going to be some bloodshed. There's going to be some knockdown dragouts. drag outs. Uh, There's going to be some fight. There's going to be people who lose their lives following this man. But the king does not enter into a warfare in a conventional way. He doesn't go out and get guns. He doesn't go out and get spears and cannons and things. He does it a different way. We find the man is watching him cut down a tree. And when he cuts the tree down, he throws it over his shoulder and says, follow me. Can you imagine this, the man thinking, what in the world is he going to do with that tree on his shoulder? How's he going to give us victory with that tree? How's he going to win this fight? There's not a way he can win a war with nothing but a tree. There's no way that this king can, is going to give the people the victory through this tree. 
But yet by the end of the story, we find that exactly what happens, he gets victory. Victory doesn't come through one, their own might. It doesn't come through their own power. The victory comes through this tree of this king. It is the king here, tree that brings victory. That victory, victory brings vindication. It brings life. It, it brings peace in the hearts of the people that have followed him. There's no swords, no blows. Just a king and a tree is going to be enough. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, 2,000 years ago, a war was broke out for the souls of mankind. God sent down His only begotten Son. It's interesting, his name, this name Abimelech, and His name means, My Father is the King. The King of Heaven sent His only begotten Son into the world where the people didn't want Him as the King. They rejected Him as the King. They fought against Him as the King. And for three and a half years, He spent His entire earthly ministry fighting against the devils of this world and those that did not want Him to rule over them. The religious rulers did not want Him. They didn't want Him to be King over them. But at the end of his ministry, we see his, his, his men's eyes were upon him, asking him the question about this kingdom, asking question, who is going to sit on the right hand or, or the left hand in the kingdom when you come into your kingdom? They're asking these questions, like, when is this kingdom going to come? When is this going to happen? They think the king's going to go into the kingdom and get victory by a sword. They think he's coming by a, a weaponry. That's not how he did it, though. While all eyes of the men on him 2,000 years ago, he picked up a tree. He toted that tree on his shoulders, just like Abimelech did. And my king carried it up that hill 2,000 years ago. When all eyes of men were on him, he said, I'm going to show you how we're going to win this war, how we're going to win this battle. And they're thinking it's going to be uh, the fight of the century. He said, it's just going to use this tree. I'm going to use this tree. He walked to the top of that dark, lonely hill for six hours. My king hung on the tree, and it was enough to break the chains. It was enough to declare peace as it ended the cries of the warriors. And it said, it is finished. They said that phrase that is finished is testalada. It, it sounds good. It actually means it is done. It was what they shout when a uh, uh, debt was paid off. Testalatai, when a debt was paid off. When a warrior gained victory over another one, he'd stand on that one, raise his sword, and shout, It is done. It is finished. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did on the cross at Calvary. He said, It is finished. It's done. first king you find in the Bible, as far as reigning over Israel, is the first king we find carrying a tree in the Bible. The cross, there's a reason we have those images. There's a, a reason we have those symbols. We don't worship them. We don't bow down to them. You know what they are? They are to remind us. They remind us that freedom was won through a cross this morning. That reminds us we're, we're for, uh, broken from bondage. 
and where we couldn't get ourselves out of. So the king sent his son to carry a tree for you and I this morning to break the breaks, the change of bondage. I'm reminded that the early immigrants that came to this country years and years ago, as they came in the harbor of the, uh, the New York Harbor, the first thing they saw was a New York statue. It was a symbol of freedom, that statue of liberty. Everybody had to pass by that statue that came in this country. And, and at the base of that statue, it says, Give me your tired. Give me your poor. Give me your huddles of masses. Learning to break free. Those that nobody else wanted. Those that nobody else cared about. We'll take them all. It says we'll take them all in. Send them. So now, can I say the cross of Jesus Christ is the Christian statue of liberty this morning. No one makes it into the city, city of God unless you go by the way of the cross this morning. There will be no sinner walk on the streets of gold without first going by the cross this morning. And when you pass by the way of the cross, it says God had commended His love towards us, yet while we were sinners, He loved us. Christ died for us, having made peace through the blood of His cross. We shall be saved from the wrath through Him. That cross is the statue of liberty for the Christians this morning. It proclaims freedom this morning. So I got to thinking about this first king and that tree. How it symbolizes what we believe and what we think of what God done for us. And of this scriptures we just this morning, let me give you three quick things. First, let's talk about that man that carried the tree. He is a man named Abimelech. His name means my father is the king. He, he's the king that came from a king. Here we find that uh, this man that carried the tree is a rejected man. They don't want him ruling over him. They don't want his rulership over them this morning. We're in a book of Judges this morning. Do you know what the, book, the Bible said in Judges from chapter 17 all the way to chapter 21? This statement is made throughout this. Thread. It says, in those days there was no king in the land, and Israel and every man did what was right in their own eyes. You know why the people rejected this man from being their king? Because they wanted to do exactly what they wanted to do. You realize this morning, if, you, if there's a ruling king reigning over you this morning, you don't want that to happen to you this morning. You've got to do what the king wants you to do. You've got to uh, do what the king tells you to do. Americans don't know nothing about kingship. The Americans know nothing about the rulers over them. We're a proud lot. We walk around with our chest boasted out. We're a proud bunch of people. We've decided that we don't want king over us. We've had one king, so we dumped his tea in the harbor to get rid of them. It was a sign of declaration of the independence we, that we take the, the pride in living our running our lives and people says have rapidly gone away from. Here in the Bible under the kingship, you're subject to do whatever the king tells you to do. Not only are you subject to him to do, do what he tells you to do, but he owns everything that you own. 
He can take what he wants from you this morning. If you don't believe that, look at Naboth. Ahab took his vineyard. The king has absolutely total rule over your life this morning. He's, he can totally constrict you this morning. He can have you to work in his fields. He can send you to the army. He is the one that causes shots in your life this morning. And here these people realized that they said, it's not that we don't want him. We want to do what we want to do and how we want to do it, when we want to do it. We don't want a king over us. We want to live our own lives this morning. We don't want a king. So can I say this guy mirrors Jesus Christ this morning? He is a rejected king. You know why people don't accept Christ this morning? Because his name is not just Jesus Christ. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. People don't want him because they, don't want, to, they want to do their own thing this morning, walk their own way and be what they want to be. But you know if you get saved, there's a new king that comes in your life and he's the ruler and reigner of you this morning. Listen to me, those of us have submitted ourselves uh, to the rulership of Jesus Christ, we are happy about it this morning. Amen. We're not, a, we're not mad about it. We're not sad about it. We're like solemn servants when she, Queen Sheba asks, as happy are the men, happy are those thy servants which stand constantly before thee and they hear thy wisdom. I am a lot more happier now that Jesus is the ruler and reigner over my life than when I was the ruler and reigner over my life. Some of you might remember back the time that your own life, it was a wreck after wreck, uh, disappointment after disappointment, uh, one discouragement after discouragement, but an old happy day that when you submitted your broken pieces of your life unto the Jesus Christ and said, hey, I want you to be the ruler of my life. I want you to be Lord over my life. I, I'm going to submit my life unto you. Happy is the day the man that comes to Christ. He started changing your life. Took the drugs out of your life. Took the alcohol out of your life. Start transforming you from the darkness kingdom to the light of kingdom. Happy is that day. Happy is him. This man that carried a tree was a rejected man this morning. Can I say Christ was a rejected man this morning? He was a man that was ran from, in verse number 46. And when all the men of the tower of Shechem heard they, that they entered into a hole of the house of the god Smalji, Virith. You see, when they run from the king, they run into their own little gods. And they think they can tune out the king hiding in that hole, hiding in that house. They can do what sinners do today. Sinners run from Jesus Christ today. They run back to the bar rooms hiding out thinking, well, he can't see me here. He can't find me here. They're trying to drink their liquor and get rid of their problems this morning. You know how the sinners try to drown out Jesus this morning? They find a church that's not teaching or preaching the word of God that brings any conviction unto your soul. They find a church today to live the life you want to live. Just come to church anymore. They've got a place to run and hide and they try to drown out the name of Jesus Christ in their life this morning. There are churches that make you feel good about what you're doing in your life this morning. 
Do as you do, as you want to do. Live as you want to do. That's not it. They, they try to keep the keen out of sight and out of mind. On Sunday morning, they, they'd like to run to the lake or the river with their boats or run to the golf course or to the shopping center. Every Sunday, they try to keep him out of the sight and out of mind. If I'm, he's out of sight and out of mind, he's not reigning and ruling over my life. When the people see a, a man with a suit coming on and a Bible in their hand, they start running. They start ducking and dodging. I've had people see me in a Walmart and they see me and they think I don't see them. They duck to another aisle running because they don't want to hear what I've got to say. Why ain't you in church? Why don't you go to church? I don't want somebody ruling and reigning over my life because that's my job. No, it's God's job. Some of us are just like them. We ran... The same stuff we've done to some stuff. We run every, We ran from God as fast as we could run, hiding out in places, enjoying ourselves. But the king tracked us down. <laughs> the king knew where you was at. He came to where you was. I thank God that he came to where I was at this morning. He came to you and sat down right beside you and said, "Hey, it ain't over yet." He's watching what you're doing. He knows what you're doing. Nothing can stop the king this morning. We see the man that carried this king tree. We see that he was a rejected man. He was ran from. We see the means of this tree. What is the point of this tree? What does the tree that Abimelech is carrying mean? It means deliverance. It means deliverance. How does Abimelech deliver his people by tree? How does Jesus Christ deliver sinners by tree? You say, preacher, I, I, it cannot be that simple this morning. Let me ask you, would it be better if he tells you you need to get up in the morning and crawl through glass with your knees for a mile or beat yourself with a whip until blood comes running out? Would it be simpler for you to do that or just to believe that Jesus Christ took a tree to the top of Calvary and died for your sins? If you want it rough, you can have it rough. But I'm just going to believe that Christ did what he did. Some of us don't want the extreme. Well, I didn't tell many lies. <laughs> I, I was a good person for the most part. I, I sure hope we don't try to make it in by our goodness outweighing our bad. Because let me tell you what, there ain't none in here that say my good outweigh my bad. Because our bad outweighs our good every day. You don't want the extreme. You want the fact that Jesus Christ carried that tree to the top of the hill. Amen. Make it happier for you. Make it happier for you. When God wants to deliver a sinner, he uses a tree. If you're saved this morning, that is the only way you got saved. It's through the faith and trusting Jesus Christ that what he done at the creek. There was a... Uh, there's a banyan tree in India, and it's over 300 years old. It's in the courtyard of the hospital 
it, it became a distraction to the hospital. It became a uh, burden from the hospital to keep it cleaned and trimmed up. It, it became a tree, but this tree, tree was over 300 years old, and they decided they want to cut this tree down. Then when they say, well, look, we're going to cut this tree down, when it got out, 120 people came and stood around the tree. They said, you can't cut this tree down. I said, why? It's 300 years old. It ain't doing nothing, but it's a nuisance out here. Why can't we cut this tree down? There is actually some says, this tree saved my life. They're looking high in the world because this tree saved your life. Well, back in 1919, there was a major flood in India, and the waters was running all through everything. It ran through the cities, and it ran through everything, and people were being swept away. And they, when they swept away, they came by this tree, and they reached up and grabbed the branch of that tree and pulled themselves up. And they was hanging in this tree, and it was 150 people in this tree. When the waters receded, there was 150 people in that tree that was holding on. And when the waters receded, they went down, they came down. That tree had saved their life. There were some at that, at that tree that they, they didn't know nothing about, but their mama and daddy had told them about a tree that saved their life. They were getting washed away. Let me tell you what, there was a time I was getting flooded by sin. I, I was being washed in darkness. I, I was washed away. But thank God there was a tree that I reached up and grabbed a hold of me and I get pulled out of that darkness and saved my life this morning. Thank God for the tree this morning. Amen. Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 18, verse 1, For the preaching of the cross is them that have perished is foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. You know what gets you excited about that tree? Because we know what that tree did for us. I, I, I know what that tree did for me. I know how it changed my life. I know how it made a difference in my life. And what I'm going to tell you, I would not be right here had not been for that tree. My life was being washed away by sin, heading to hell without God. But thank God I got washed under the branches of Calvary. And I grabbed a hold and it changed my life this morning. The means of the tree was deliverance. This tree, tree also means doom. It also means doom. How in the world can a tree mean deliverance and how can a tree mean doom? Well, it's that way. One hand it means deliverance, one hand it means doom. They that got a hold of it, they that got a handle, it means deliverance. But those that don't get a hold of the tree, it means doom. The text, there are certain people the tree brought deliverance to. Certain people that the tree brought doom to them in verse 49. And when they uh, put this broad against the whole of the thing, and at the end of verse 49 it says, so that all the men of the tower of Shechem died, also about a thousand men and women. Here this tree brought deliverance to the king and his people, and those that followed him, but for the people that didn't want nothing to do with this king, that rejected this king, did not want to do that, uh, they turned into a symbol of judgment 
against them. The gospel is a sharp, two-edged sword. One side is life, and on the other side is death. To many reject the power of the message of the cross, he can't get forward. Can't get for it. He has a hole in his hands because of what he did. The hole in his hands to, re, to remind us this is where our sins were. We put our sins in him and he took them gladly from us. His hands. I, one day I'm going to see this nails, prints in his hands. I, I read this story. This boy lost his mama and daddy. His young boy. And he's living with his grandmother. And this guy next door is watching over them. His grandmother was old and the young boy didn't have nobody. So this guy next door was watching over them. He'd mow the yard, help him out and everything, trying to teach his boy, trying to take him under the wing and everything. And one morning the man got up early and he seen smoke rolling up and he seen that house on fire. And he went and tried to get in the house, couldn't get into it. He saw the bedroom where the grandmother was sleeping. It was engulfed in flames. Then he saw the little boy in that room where he was at. And he saw him hanging out the door. So what he did, he grabbed a hold of the pipe, the drain pipe that ran up beside the house that was already hot from the hot, uh, fire. And he started climbing. It was burning his hands till he got all the way to the top and got a hold of that boy. And that boy reached out the window and grabbed a hold of his neck and just held on. And he came all the way back down. And he burned his hands. It was crisp like that. And they was... Uh, and they had a court ruling a few weeks later and find out who this boy was going to spend the time with. And some come said he ought to be a ward of estates and some said he ought to come here. And this man was sitting out in the audience and he stood up and says, I'll take him. I'll take him. So what, what do you lay claim to him? He held his hands up. I'll take him. Jesus Christ held his hands up. Nails scarred hands. I'll take you. I'll take you. That's what he done for you and I. We know he loves us because he went to the cross of Calvary and died and bled and shed his blood for you and I. And he said, I will take you. We see the message of the tree this morning. What does this message mean to you say to you and I? Verse number 48. And Abimelech got him up to Mount Zalm. He and all the people that were with him. And Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bough from the tree and took it and laid it upon his shoulder. And he said unto the people that were with him, now listen to this, what you see me have to do, here's the message, make haste, make haste. It is a message of swiftness. Get a hold of it now. Make haste. Come now. Do you know what, uh, what it says? Uh, come now and let us reason together. Say the Lord one to another. I, though your sins are scarlet, though they be white as snow, though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. The Bible says beyond now is the accepted accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, we mis misquote that verse so many times. We say the day is the day of salvation. 
How many times? I've said that time after time. The day is the day of salvation. That's misquoted. If you say, tell somebody the day is the day of salvation, that means you've got all day long. All day long. Bible says now. Now is the accepted time. Now, that means, hey, right now, you may not be here next time. You not may, may not be here next hour. You may not be here tonight. But the Bible says now is the accepted time to be saved. The message is being swift. Be swift. Don't, don't, don't play games. Don't think I've got tomorrow. Don't think I can wait now, it's a message of swiftness. But it's also a message to study. What ye have seen me do, make haste and do as I've done. Do as I've done. What do I have to do? Jesus said, if any man come out to me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Follow me. The message of the king carrying a tree is not just for the lost, it is for the saved this morning. Do you know what your job as a Christian is this morning? It's to pick up your cross daily and die to self and carry that cross, Jesus, into the lost and dying world down every street you can come to. <laughs> there, listen. There is no crown wearers in heaven unless they bore the cross here on earth. You ain't going to get a crown in heaven unless you bear the cross here on earth. Amen. Amen. Our job as Christians today, if you're born again, you are to carry your cross and let it shine out in the world and tell them what Jesus Christ done for you and how he do it for them. He went to the cross, he carried the tree up the hill of Calvary, and he died for you and I. Let me tell you, it is a message that we should study in every day and let our light shine in this world. You will not be able to wear a crown in heaven you bear the cross here on earth we got to study that it's a message of swiftness we got to make case now is the accepted time now not tomorrow if you sit in here and you have doubts you have never made a profession of faith now is the time to come and make a profession of faith you may be sitting here, I'm saved, but I, I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not letting my light shine. I'm not carrying my cross out. I'm not doing what God wants me to do. I'm just stuck in my place because I don't want to rule and reign over my life. And let me just say, if you're saved, you've got to rule and reign over your life. But if you sit here and say, I don't have one, then you're lost and undone and dying and going to hell. Because Jesus is the ruler and reign over our lives. You're born again. King that carried the tree. He's telling you and I, we got to carry ours. Are you carrying one this morning? Are you carrying one this morning? Let me just ask you. Let's be honest with ourselves and God, because God already knows. We know that. We talked about this morning. God knows everything. He sees the intent. He knows what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're thinking right now. But He also knows the heart. Have you done everything you possibly could do? I, I, I thought about this the other day when I got out of bed. I'm sitting on the edge of the bed thinking, did I do everything yesterday that I could possibly do to bring honor to God? Did I? 
I'm going to tell you right now, the answer is no. It was no, because I could bring more and more. I don't know where you're standing at right now. I don't know how close you are. Let me just say that now. You ought to let your light shine. 